Welcome to Winging It in Motown Radio. I am your every once in a while host, uh, JJ from Kansas. Tonight I am joined by just one esteemed guest, uh, Sarah. You may know her as Helmroids. Sarah, how are you doing this evening? That's quite the intro. I feel I feel very important. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I guess I'm I don't know if I'm looking forward to Red Wings hockey being back, but ready or not. Here it comes, so let's talk about it. Yeah, we have to get this season over with because we can't get to next season until this one uh, officially ends. And I mean, no, I agree. It's it's been a, a nice reprieve. It's been uh, a week tonight as we're recording since the Red Wings last played a game. Uh, we still have a, a whole another day between now and Friday before we have to worry about them playing yet again. Uh, they'll have 31 games left, and honestly, if I can share a pet peeve, and you'll notice in the, the actual title of the episode, uh, a lot of people are calling this the second half of the season because we're out of the All-Star break. Uh, they've got 31 games left to go. In an 82-game season, that's uh, 37% of games are remaining, so we are already in the second half. We've been there. Do not steal a, it from us or make us think that we're going to have to play that many more games uh, before we just get this shit over with. <laughs> that's true. That's like, that's very encouraging, <laughs> which is sad, but that's our truth this year. Yeah, we're, we're almost there. We're, we're less than three dozen Red Wings games away. And actually, I think we're, we're kind of getting into the fun part of the season, right? Like this is last year where they got like very entertaining, started going on a winning streak, started playing the kids more and just took all, all the, all the problems off is can we can we say that's going to happen again if we do i think the fan base is going to riot again about the draft pick uh you know i ran my little poll on twitter asking where people were feeling our draft pick was going to be and it was like 40 percent out of i don't know how many votes said like they were feeling pick two or three because i said like not many people were committing to getting first pick but I liked the optimism of saying, no, we're going to be bad enough and lucky enough to get the second or third pick. So if, but if we start winning, I think people are going to freak out. I'm going to freak out, but that's just because it's like what bad karma thing happened to make us win. (laughs) Is there like a meteor coming? So that is true. But I mean, if you, I'm looking at the standings right now and we are, 13 points shy of 30th place Los Angeles. We have 28 points on the season. They have 41, and they've got a game in hand. Uh, Jersey is two points ahead of them, and they've got two games in hand on us. Like, not only is it going to take uh, a lot of a lot of winning, but like, we're at the point where it's going to take luck too to make up that many standing points in this in this few like if the red wings win every single game they have remaining they will finish the season with 90 points uh and last season it took 98 to get into the eastern conference playoffs so um obviously the playoffs are are definitely not happening but i i think that even with a, a decent winning streak or a decent record in the 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 back uh quarter of the season uh, we're we're not looking very good to to climb out of that basement. Now, obviously, that doesn't 
uh, change many fans minds anyway like if, if we do end up climbing in a 30th place and yeah I, I fully see that's probably gonna create a shit show but I don't know even if not like yeah, we're gonna finish dead last and have the greatest percentage chances like this is a, like a 50 50 shot that you're gonna pick fourth so I don't know like I'm not uh, I'm not tying anything down to expecting to win the draft lottery so I just want to see the re- the team actually be freer and entertaining for the remainder of the season. That's fair, because yeah, we are we are much safer at to be in the bottom than we were last year, where there was some like we weren't like competitively awful, where it was going to take a lot of like you said, luck, effort, miracles, um, curses, plagues to get us kind of out of the basement so that does make me feel better and now i i'm on board where i you know would like to see some wins you know maybe ideally mantha comes back even if it's just for one game just like just let me see him for one game this season so i remember how great he is and how and then i won't be mad about his contract later oh that's fair yeah because he's got he's gonna be one of the rfas right yeah it's, yeah, it's like him, I think, Athensiu, Bertuzzi, probably more, but those, I think, are like the big three. I could be wrong. Don't blast me on my Twitter. I'm- no, I am currently on their cat friendly, and you are good to go on that. Uh, the other uh, decently big name would be Robbie Fabry is also RFA. And let's see. Taro Hirose, Evgeny Svechnikov, uh, both RFAs, and then Perlini, Ernie, Christopher. It feels weird to me. Does it feel weird to you that Adam Ernie is an RFA? Like, he just seems like he's 30. Yeah, I was reading, and this was probably going to spoil a Seattle conversation, but like the Athletic um, posted another mock draft. I mean, it could have been last week, and I just saw it now, but they were putting Adam Ernie as our guy for Seattle. And I was like, wait, that's right. He exists, but will he still be around? I guess. But yeah, he's, he's one of those guys who just seems like he's 30. He's not, but, but he's not, is he, he's can't be expensive. He's not like, he hasn't done anything. No. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like he's currently making a million five. So, there's I, there's honestly a question about whether or not the Red Wings are going to qualify him because you have to offer him uh, at least the amount of money he made in the previous season uh, in order to retain his RFA rights. And I don't know, like I I don't see why you wouldn't throw a million fifty thousand at him, but you could also not do that. I. I don't know. It's really hard to justify not spending that when you're spending money on Justin Applicator still. So, <laughs> although that's not Steve Eiserman's contract, so uh. yeah, I was like, guys like Adam Ernie, even Perlini, you just kind of bundle them into the like Eiserman after dark trade <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, kind of leave them there. I'm, I'm actually kind of worried that I don't know if worried, half expecting that he might actually flip Ravi Fabry and be like, all right, great. We made you really good. Now we're going to trade you for something better. Like that episode of the office where Dwight 
trades up from like a paperclip to I don't know like a telescope or something, or that's going to be his uh his like rehabilitation rehabilitation program for first round draft picks. Honestly, I, w- I wouldn't mind that because um, we could use like Fabry is twenty four, but you know if we're figuring that the Red Wings have at least another couple of years, he'll still be essentially close enough to the prime of his career where he'll be uh, productive enough if if everything goes well. And I like the guy, and I kind of do want to see Robbie Fabry, Joe Valeno, and Andreas Athanasiu playing together just because that's, that's eyebrow game on yeah. Like, no <laughs> no team can touch us for the swarthiness index on that line. <laughs> that's true. And it's also kind of – and I'm also interested, I guess, to see – like if he if it carries over to next season or if he gets like Hiroshi syndrome, although I mean Hiroshi was never like at Fabry's level, but the kind of surprise guest appearance and then you're like sick of them <laughs> and they're back off the show. Uh, so I'd be kind of I would hope that he'll you know keep up the production or Steve will be like he's not going to keep it up. I'm going to trade him now while he's really good, <laughs> and then it's someone else's problem. I'd like to see St. Louis give us a first rounder for him. Just, just like they need that top six forward, and they end up essentially trading Robbie Fabry and then trading back for Robbie Fabry. That's just the best case scenario. Anything except, that makes the Blues look stupid, I'm I'm for it. Yeah, except the, the only downside being that we don't expect their first round pick to be uh, terribly close to the bottom. Which, uh, I'm already tired of them. Like, I was happy that Boston didn't win, but I really didn't want to be able to lord over the whole, like, St. Louis never won shit. Although, in fairness, I can always just use St. Louis's victory. I can still use St. Louis's victory to uh, remind Leafs fans that they're the only other team that's existed since 1967 that hasn't won since then. Yeah, I want the Blue Stanley Cup to be like the Carolina cup where like no one really remembers it happened or they're like, you say it and you're not sure it's true, but even faster than, than the kind of Carolina. I mean like, Oh yeah, I guess they did win. I want, I want the blues to also quickly fade into like myth and not caring. Uh, Yeah. That'll be that wishful thinking. That barroom trivia question that nobody gets right. Like, shit, the Blues want to go. I forgot. <laughs> All right, well, wishing and hoping. Uh, let's see. So uh, in terms of uh, for the rest of the season, so we were hoping that Mantha does come back. We're expecting that at some point uh, Athanasiu will be back with the Red Wings, uh, um, at least for the rest of this season. Uh, are we looking for call-ups like Rasmussen is, is getting healthy and he's getting his, his legs back together. Svechnikov at some point is kind of at a make or break season. Um, I'm guessing Chalowski will probably be back up until uh, Mike Green is healthy. Uh, who else are we? Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, Tara Horosi. <laughs> oh, my, oh bold, my bold predictions were so wrong. We're so wrong about him. I was wrong. I'm sorry, Taro. It's my fault. Oh yeah, you were, you said you were listening to a preseason episode with the predictions. Do you have any of those takes that you want to remind us of? Uh, well, 
I in the that so it was like the season starter episode. I was like, you know, I'm not mad at Justin Advocator. Isn't that great? He's just been like so great on that fourth line. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That didn't last. I am mad at him. I am mad at him now. It's like that that nice comfort of being mad at Abdulkader, like the perpetual feeling for the past hundred years. Uh, I think I was talking about like Athens. We were like talking about Athens and his scoring slump, and be like, oh yeah, he'll get it back. Thirty goal, thirty goal scorer, and Mantha that he was gonna, you know, not get hurt. I think we had this whole thing where nobody was gonna get hurt, and that we were gonna any like six games we were going to be about 50 50 on wins such fools we were oh. there's so much that september october us needs to know oh the trappings of, of youth the, <laughs> the foolish optimism that hurts wish i hadn't asked that okay so speaking of uh still being around like do you have any thoughts or feelings about what uh, what we might be able to expect at the the trade deadline? Like, it doesn't feel like anything that we want to trade is going to provide much value. So, is there much? Like, I don't know. I'm having real trouble caring about this trade deadline, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's still been, I'm like, Eiserman has been very quiet lately. What's he up to? <laughs> you know, because I've never guessed anything. And anytime I've expected there to be, you know, a midnight trade he hasn't done it probably just to personally spite all the bloggers he's like haha you thought i would do something you're idiots um but yeah i just like we kind of talked about you know fabry that'd be possible like he has value but with and there's always the constant rumor of athanasiu that he's the like odd man out of kind of the i don't know the big four the four core we have but that never seems to actually have like a real, like a real scenario put forward. It's just like, eh, he could be the extra. But yeah, he's just the easy name to throw out there. Yeah, but it's like he can't. And and part of that was last year. I was like, oh my god, he's going to be really expensive because he's good. But now we don't have that worry as, as much because he's not here to be good. So he, he can't maybe ask as much, or he will, and then that'll make it a very easy decision i guess to invite him to leave um but that'll be you know this summer should be very interesting but as far as this trade deadline i mean we don't really have anything and i don't see eiserman being like yeah let's take on some dead contracts for random draft picks in the hundredth round it just doesn't seem like there's need for a move because we're not on the edge of anything except like the abyss, but we're already at the bottom. So we, we don't have as far to fall. You know, we don't need, there's no missing piece or like, Oh, next year we make the playoffs. If we do this one thing, it's like, no, we have a lot of things to do. And I don't think any of them get achieved at the trade deadline. But again, I'm not Steve Eiserman and he's going to trade probably before we post this episode just to make me look like an idiot. Yeah, I could see that. He's just gonna he's biding his time, waiting for us to give up all hope and to badmouth him. And it's like, ah, idiots, you shouldn't have done that. So Alright. So uh the reason that the Red Wings have not been playing uh as of late is because of the All Star game. Now, 
when we were talking planning this episode, you uh, asked specifically, uh-oh, I hope I don't have to talk about the All-Star game because I didn't watch it, didn't pay any attention to it. Uh, I think that's the story in and of itself. Because uh, I, I know that uh, you uh, have probably met your fair share of, of gatekeeping fans. Oh, if you don't do this, you're not a real fan. Or if you're, you know, oh, you're a, you're a hockey fan, name, you know, 15 of their best albums. Yeah. Um, so obviously, but I, I think that we can confidently say that you do not have to pass the I watched the All-Star game or paid any attention during the All-Star weekend festivities to be able to call yourself a hockey fan. Um, it's actually more telling that it's it's totally reasonable to just skip this shit. But uh, what what is your reason? Like, are you just not interested in it? Or do you like, because there's a lot of fans that just flat out just hate it. And they're like, they just get really upset about the concept of how non-interesting the All-Star game is to them. So where do you fall on that spectrum? What to, what caused you to not watch? Well, I mean, the players don't even care. <laughs> they don't. Even, some of the players don't even want to be there. Um, but no, I'm not in the, like, it's stupid, I hate it. It's just an excuse to get Lidstrom suspended and players hurt. It's just kind of like, oh, I don't have whatever channel it's on. Or maybe I do. I don't think I do. Let's say I don't. So I have a reason. Like, I, w- I think I would have been interested in the, the women's game, but I was busy. Like, I wasn't, I don't know. I think I was hanging out with my mom. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was doing. I was doing something, and I don't have the channel. Let's say that I have, like, double alibi here. Um, but I've I watched, like, clips and stuff that are posted on Twitter. And then the only all-star thing I cared about was in the AHL, which was Marty Furk having his laser, his laser shot, and all the goalies on Twitter commenting, being like, "Oh yeah, he terrorized me during like, the Calder <laughs> Cup. He, I'm terrified of him. Like every time he shot the puck at me, it was like, oh, that looked fast, and it's behind me. So it was like I was really enjoying kind of the the group banter and really ignoring the, well, you know, Chara was farther away and he shot it from like the moon so marty frick actually sucks it's the same like i think i was complaining on twitter they're like larkin got a running start it doesn't matter we don't have anything we're the red wings we have nothing let us have that point three seconds or whatever to just have one thing to to hold on to to get us through the season stop taking every good thing we could possibly have away we can do that to ourselves no one else from other teams is allowed to inflict misery we've got it taken care of for ourselves um but yeah i just had like i don't care about the other players on the other teams and i was happy that bertuzzi was having a good time looked like he maybe got a little haircut uh getting himself together but you know it's just there was just nothing that's like yes i must make time for this it was like if i had to watch it i'd be fine I don't hate it, but I just don't care about it. Yeah, there just wasn't enough there to, to get on your radar. So, like, if Larkin had been there, would that have would that have counted? Like, I'm curious, like how how far short it it fell for you. It wouldn't have mattered who was there. I mean, I liked the idea of Bertuzzi being there because some people really hate him, and I was like, yes people are going to be really mad about this. Like nobody would be mad about Larkin. They're like, Oh yeah, of course. 
but Bertuzzi, like he's, I mean, he might be like one of the most hated players, if not the most hated player on our team, just because no one understands how like family trees work, (laughs) that you can actually be different people with the same last name. Um, So I was like, I was happy for him to end for him to have that experience and that it wasn't like Franz Nielsen or Mike Green. That would have oh, been yeah. that would have been so far into not caring. Like Bertuzzi, I could have I could have cared, you know. And I followed it on like I said, I followed it on Twitter where it's like, oh, he had I don't know, was it four assists or some number of assists. And I'm like, good, he was, you know, getting involved and playing and the wearing their hideous jerseys. Um, you know, but I and it just was like, eh, it wouldn't have mattered who was in it. I mean, unless it was like Zetterberg. <laughs> but <laughs> Other than that, you know, it was not, it was not going to matter. And, you know, I was just thinking about it and like, I got pretty invested in like the worlds when they had that, when it was like team North America, I was way more invested in that than I will ever be in an all-star game. And not just cause like skills competitions are fun slash silly, but like that felt more, I don't know, more real. Maybe it's cause there were more Red Wings, um, you know, but that, and like I said, the women's game, I probably would have been interested in that, but the skills competitions like yeah i don't care it's not the olympics and i don't even care about those either so, so I'm that's a funny fan. thing i actually i really like the skills competition and i kind of make it a point to watch that uh every year and then i kind of like tuned like I, I did i watched the the all-star game as well or the the three all-star games um but i, I have always kind of cared more about the skills competition just because it's kind of fun like it honestly it reminds me of uh, and a little and i wish they would do this I, I don't know if if you remember uh did you ever watch rock and jock back when mtv did sports i did not have that channel i don't even know what year it was but i don't oh it was yeah it was channel. a long time ago so i'm i'm badly dating myself but mtv used to do the, like a rock and jock football and softball and basketball where they would have celebrities and uh, sports stars play this game that was just wild rules like this one inning you have to run the bases backwards or if you hit a if you hit a shot from inside this circle it's worth like 15 points or the and the basket moves up and down the entire time and it was just like crazy shit that was so much fun and i kind of wish that hockey would do that something like that for the all-star game um, like a live action NHL hits 2002 where it's like yeah. one team has to wear like a giant snowman head and some people get struck by lightning and sometimes the puck is a tennis ball. Yeah. Okay. So the, uh, I don't know, like the, it, it's the women's game was uh, basically the highlight of, of the entire weekend. And it was because, they were highly skilled and they gave a shit. Uh, you could tell in, in the actual, uh, the NHL all-star game the next night, those guys were just, they just did not care. They, you know, you could tell in the championship game as, as things were closing in on the, the million dollar wire that they, they were trying a little bit harder, but the effort very clearly wasn't there. And it was kind of, it was kind of a snoozer outside of green day, using the f word on, <laughs> on live tv so i don't know like i i do feel if 
not necessarily more Red Wings were there, but if the Red Wings were better, like if it weren't, if the if the team had not driven me to the point where it's like I really did want a week long break from hockey, uh, I probably would have cared more. <laughs> but back when the All Star break, it was like, oh darn, I guess I have to find some sort of hockey to to fill the gap instead of oh thank God a break, exactly. I can go watch regular TV or something and just <laughs> recover emotionally and like get myself prepped for the latter, whatever your fraction was, 37% of the season. Yeah, so. All right, so we are going to take a quick ad break to sell all sorts of cool things, and then we will come back with reader questions and uh, head around the league. Wim Radio, ad timeout. All right, let's play. Welcome back from break. Hope uh, that uh, commercial inspired you to uh, buy whatever it is that it was telling you to buy or do whatever it is. Just obey. Uh, we are going to go right into reader questions. And fortunately, this should not be a, a terribly uh, drag of a section because we only got a few comments. But the very first one is from uh, Wim Radio alumnus Jeff Hancock who says, uh, Seattle Kraken, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, the backstory of that is that Russian Machine Never Breaks on Twitter today indicated that apparently there's a big rumor that uh, Kraken is back to being the front runner for the Seattle franchise. So, Sarah, what do you think? Uh, so I, I did a little, a little Googling, some intense research, and even before that, I had a thought, I was like, the one thing that's in favor of that is that that fans could call themselves crackheads, <laughs> <laughs> which like makes me think maybe it really is front runner because that's, it's just, it's right there. I mean, it's perfectly teed up. Um, but as far as like the original quote source was like an LA blogger. So how like it, that was like, um, are you just making stuff up because the Kings are bad and boring? They're not even bad and exciting excitingly bad they're just bad and boring um but the one i found a quote that i really liked uh they were talking about other names that was like one of them was the seattle sockeyes and they said the problem with that is that there's a a romance novel that has that team in it and it's like trademark (laughs) so they were like worried they'd have to get in a legal battle with this like romance author Oh, that's even better than the Golden Knights. Yeah, that's so much better than the Golden Knights. Like, I want want that to be the legal battle of the century. Some, like, bodice-ripping hockey book. (laughs) (laughs) They probably sell a lot of copies. Um, But then the Seattle account had a very odd tweet. And I'll just just read it for everyone who didn't see it. But it's, it's like the official Seattle NHL account says... While we're aware of some fishy rumors surrounding our team name, please rest assured we're doing our due diligence by scouring the depths of the ocean, the tallest mountains, and the densest parts of the forest to find the right name for our great green city. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, are you are you implying something or are you just being like silly? But uh, there. So I guess I guess I don't I'm I'd be in, okay with that name but I'm not believing anything that a LA Kings blogger has to say 
that they, they have like a source. Um, you know, obviously Seattle would deny it even if it's true. Um, but I, I guess I also don't have a better name except the Sockeyes just for the, for the legal drama. Uh, like I said, crackheads. I mean, oh, that's that would be pretty good. I'd be uh, I'd I'd be uh, interested in that. Um, other than you know the the Rain City bitch pigeons, that's the that's my front runner. But other than that, uh, that really is a good one. And yes, I do I do own that shirt. Otherwise, I'd be okay. I would be okay with Kraken. And I don't see the conflict of like, oh, it's taking over the octopus. They are distinctly different in that one is real. <laughs> so, and much smaller. Um, but, eh, it's fine. But, I, but I'm also like, would they really have a, a name that people like? I mean, the Golden Knights certainly didn't pick a name that was exciting. So, I'm like, but is Seattle like They've they've been kind of holding on to the NHL dream for much longer than you know Vegas has. So I'm I'm hopeful they'll have a, a really fun name and a fun looking uniform. But we'll see. What, yeah. what how are you how are you feeling about the Krakens? Uh, I'll I'll give it a thumbs up just because I I don't hate it. I really do like the Crackheads idea. I like I tweeted out earlier like every time every one of their training camps uh, when they're you know they're gonna have a bunch of invitees that they're eventually gonna have to let go so that'll be you know release the kraken um every time we're gonna get into like trade deadline speculation uh, if if they're gonna be buyers you'll have to ask you know like what's cracking lacking so there's there's lots of good opportunities for for headlines there. I do like uh, that. Or like, oh, they're not all as they were cracked up to be. Exactly. Or you know, the team is cracking up, and so although you, you can do a lot with sock eyes too, especially if they're not good, they you know they suck eyes, and you know their their fans, I guess, could be like the sock eye toomies. Um, I don't know. That's basically all I got there. I do like the concept of like stupid looking fish. Um, I'm not as worried about the whole, like, oh, we own the octopus thing. You know, whatever. Uh, first off, the Kraken is not an uh, actually octopus. It's called a squid. Whatever. Um, and there's... I don't know. We don't have an actual, like, official mascot anyway. So we sold off Al to a, a local arena. So I... I'm not that worried about them like stealing that from us. I'm actually still more offended by Nashville fans throwing uh, fish on the ice than oh. I would be about the Seattle franchise taking a taking the Kraken and and just turning it kind of uh, octopodian. So whatever, uh, I'll give that a thumbs up. You know, call them call them the Yetis. Just whatever it's whatever is going to happen. So we're going to be able to po- like find a tweet somewhere out there like, oh, this guy called it. And so that kind of takes away a lot of the magic for me. So um, the commenter who always asks excellent questions and who named uh, themselves by pounding a fist on the keyboard uh, asked about uh, the depth of the team. What position are you most optimistic about five years down the line uh, and least optimistic? Also listed the complete depth of the system below for reference, which I am not going to read off basically everybody that's in the organization, but uh, have you did you get an opportunity to look at that list? I did, and I was very grateful um, that they posted the names because I certainly was not going to go look them up. <laughs> so 
thank you, keyboard pounding friend, um, for making this a little easier. Uh, I was, as far as most optimistic for a, a five-year plan, I decided I'm going to be really bold, and I'm going to say the defense. And I don't really have a great reason for that other than, I don't know, my belief and being like, yes, we're dumping some dead weight this summer. You know, we're kind of clearing out this, like, it's like spring cleaning of, like, a hoarder's house that hasn't been cleaned in 10 years. But we're clearing out the rubbish. We're going to bring in nice new stuff. Uh, you know, and we we have prospects who are kicking around down there, and that's why I'd like to, you know, get a look at some of them. I'm not saying we have to have Cider up right now. It would be fun, um, but I'm I'm not going to, like, throw a fit if he doesn't get, like, a, a one game in Detroit just for fun this year. Um, but I'm I'm hopeful that some of these guys will turn out, that the names that I don't recognize, which is, like, half of them, uh, will turn into something great, that Iserman will magically have a great trade and just put the defense together because it's just been so long. <laughs> it's been such a long time since we've had a defense that we can be proud of um, that I'm, I'm saying in five years, we finally will, we will have a defense to be proud of. And I'm hundred percent sure that this take is going to age extremely well. <laughs> so, so that's my most optimistic, least optimistic I, I hate to say goaltending, but I I don't have enough trust in Larson yet that I'm like oh, he's gonna he's gonna carry us, you know, in his goalie arms um, to victory. Because just I guess he's been in he was injured or something. I haven't seen him play very much. Um, I want him to be the guy who kind of rises to the top, um, but I, I'm just not confident that we've got anything going for us and I feel like a good goalie is kind of hard to find because it's it is a lot of luck and it's not like a like the skaters where you can just kind of keep shuffling them around like you can't really shuffle <laughs> shuffle a goalie around either to the bench or in the net <laughs> or like in the minors uh, so that I feel like that's just the hardest and really important if our defense doesn't work out which I said it would so it doesn't matter if we have a bad goalie because our defense will be so great uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think I'm less optimistic there. Um, prove me wrong, Steve. I know you will. How about you? Uh, I agree on the the goalie thing, just because goalies are are totally voodoo, and that's such a a weird consideration. Um, I don't think you're far off on, on the D either. Uh, there's a decent chance that uh, Hirone, between Hironik, Chalowski, and Cider, uh, we've got a top two pairs of of defense i i think that if you can get a good top pair and a good second pair and then two warm bodies to play on the third pair then you're good to go now that, that's a lot of ifs there but we got a lot of ifs all over the the place and so we're looking five years down the line uh but i think that uh, that center is also a good possibility there because uh, I think that Larkin will still be good and still be in Detroit in five years. I think I've got really high hopes for Valeno. Uh, I think Rasmussen is is going to be able to be. Um, I don't think he's going to live up to the ninth overall pick, and that's always going to be a, a knock against him. But I think that he's going to be a solid player in the NHL. Um, 
plus coming up, I mean, within the next five years, there's, you know, two or three names on that list that we don't even know who they are. So, uh, plus the other consideration is I'm not as worried about wingers as I am centers, defenders, and goalies. So, um, I guess you could say the left wing is kind of looking pretty thin, but it's definitely not any thinner than the goalies. So, uh, swear on a stack of hockey pucks says, where do you guys rank Mrazic's 15 save game against Ovi among goalie performances of the decade? Uh, watching Ovi pass TV and career goals tonight got me reflecting on his career and that one glorious game where Peter just owned him. So I was at that game in person and it was so great <laughs> because I think we, we, we probably even lost that game. They usually lose here and, but it wouldn't have been very badly. Um, unlike recently, which has been very bad. But that game, the Caps fans were so frustrated. And, I mean, Mrazek absolutely had his number. And, you know, and as everyone should, because Ovi just sits in the same spot and takes the same shot. But it's like he somehow becomes invisible and people forget that he's going to be exactly there. But Mrazek, that game, he's like, I know what your game is. It's stand in this place and shoot the puck at me on the power play. It's not going to happen. And the fans, oh, their frustration was like, oh, so like rich. You could just, I don't know, you could like pour it on waffles. It was just great. So I, there's, there's always, it's, it's kind of hard to find stuff to cheer about when you're playing the Caps in the past few years. But I don't know if I'd put that as a performance of the decade. But in terms of my personal in-person satisfaction, oh yeah, I would put that, I would put that up there because it just was like, <sighs> revenge for something that they didn't do, but it, I don't know that, that phantom goal interference on Drew Miller. I'm still mad about it because oh. <laughs> I was there for that. And I will forever be angry about it. And I hope everyone listening is also now angry about it. Um, but yeah, but I'm, thank you swear on a stack of hockey pucks for bringing that up and letting me reminisce about that beautiful moment where all the caps fans were really, really mad. Well, actually, um, that game happened on November 10th of 2015, and it was 16 shots that Ovechkin took, and we actually won that game one to nothing. Yes. On a goal from Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, the Red Wings were outshot 38 to 27. So Ovechkin had, well, actually, according to the hockey reference, uh, he had 15 of the 38 shots that they took. And yeah, I do remember that. And honestly, it is. It's it's hard for me to to like remember very many goalie games of the decade. So I guess since this is one that I can actually remember, I'd, I'd have to. I I guess I'd rank it up as as number one. If we're talking about uh, goalies stealing games, I mean that's got to be it. It's. I'm sure that other teams. I, I'm sure that hardly anybody outside of Washington or Detroit will remember that game. Just like I don't remember. I'm sure that every other team has a, a memory of a goalie just doing some amazing crap in a game from 2015 uh, that I've just got no clue about. So I'll call that my number one because I can't think of another Red Wings performance that um, that comes close to that in the last uh, ten years. That's that's like for a full game, like. Yeah, and it was against one player. Like, it was a like a one-on-one duel 
and everyone yeah. had kind of caught on to what was going on. You know, as as the shots kept going up, you know, it's one thing when a goalie makes you know, 50 saves, 45 saves, but when it's a ridiculous number of saves against one person who's like the superstar of the league and you're just like kind of a bum goalie in Detroit, that's pretty like like that that does give it that extra, I think, oomph and you know, being memorable as like I have personally spited one player in his prime and he can never do anything about it. So Exactly. Morazic. Take Obi that, Ovi. Ovi could go on and score an Ovech trick against Morazic every single game that he plays against him for the remainder of his career. And there will always be there was that one time he took fifteen shots on him and didn't score one. Steve Eiserman would have scored. So who cares if you broke <laughs> his record? I'm trying to think, and I don't remember, is uh, the time that Jimmy Howard face-washed Sidney Crosby more than 10 years ago now. And I think it is. Yeah, because that, that was, happened in 09. Yeah, because that, that would have been, yeah, either the 08 or 09, but since 2009 didn't happen. Yeah. You know, but... Because it was a regular season game, and Crosby was being a shit to Zetterberg, and Zetterberg like, was getting tired of it. Which is weird because it was hard to get him riled up, and Jimmy Howard came over and just face washed him. And I, that was like when Jimmy oh, became so became Detroit's goalie. Shut up, everyone who hates him. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but that was because I remember being really mad about Jimmy Howard because his name was so boring. Like my brother and I were like Jimmy Howard, two first names. What kind of a name for a goalie is that? Him. It's like generic B. Generickson. And even that's more exciting. <laughs> but then he did the face wash. And we're like, oh, okay, welcome to Detroit. Because, like, you know, Vernon had a fight. Ozzy had a fight. Hoshik was a nut job. And so it was like, we, you need that, that moment where you're like, welcome. Welcome to Detroit. Welcome to, like, the history of the team. And that was, that was it for Jimmy. That's what put him in my heart. You know, defending Zetterberg because Crosby was always cross-checking him in the back. And it was like, that's right. All right, Jimmy Howard, I don't care if your name's boring. I'm I'm on the Jimmy Howard train and I've defended him for ten years and not not so much this year, but every other year I've been on his on I've been his cheerleader, just not this season. Sorry, Jimmy. Well not even boring, his his name is portentous. Like every, you can't trust a guy who's got two first names like that. And plus he's got the murder eyes too, so he's a scary, scary man. Yeah, and and his uh his FSD segments are fun because he just is so over it, and they'll be yeah. like, "What's this? Like, what do you think of this movie?" He's like, "I don't know what that movie is. <laughs> what is going on right now? I don't want to take a personality t- personality <laughs> test." <laughs> He's just the grumpy old man, and and that has made me appreciate him all the more. That is really great. Okay, so getting us out of the reader questions, Brad Hughes says, ignore this. Uh, done. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Right. Good job. <laughs> Great question. Well, I will, uh, I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to Brad that I really appreciate that sometimes he'll type something up and I won't see what it was before he changes it, but then he'll go into the edit window and he'll just say, mods, please delete this. I'm like, oh, I really want to know what you had to say before you changed your mind. And every once in a while, I will uh, intentionally just not delete them just because <laughs> I, I like to be. So sorry for doing that to you, Brad, uh, but I still really like you. Wim Radio.
add timeout. All right, let's play. All right, the last segment we've got uh, written up is that we're going to go around the league. Uh, I am currently watching uh, Calgary and Edmonton. And uh, Calgary scored like in the first minute. Well, I'm actually watching it on NHL Network's live looking because being on direct TV in the States, uh, this actually is in on none of my channels uh, because it's two Canadian teams playing each other. Uh, Calgary scored in like the first, like just over the first minute with Kachuk on the ice, uh, apparently winning off an, an Oilers defender. I did see that um, Kachuk and Cassian dropped the gloves. Uh, the game has been... Like it's been pretty chippy, but like I'm still we're still two periods away from finding out whether or not it's gonna be a bloodbath, and and you and I will be done recording well before then. Um, but other than that, like what's what's going on around the the NHL that's that's got your attention nowadays? Um, not much, <laughs> but um, you know, it's kind of looking ahead for you know for what's up with us and kind of ignoring everything and then noticing we've got one more chance to really ruin the Canadian season. I mean, we've already done it. They're already humiliated by us, Um, but we play them on February 18th at home and I don't care about anything else. I want to win that game because it's very important that we make them feel like the biggest losers because that's what they are. Um, And then so and then I ended up kind of seeing a, a little headline in I don't know the Montreal, one of their newspapers that was like, faith will be butting up against reality, in terms of their playoff chances, which is like one percent. And I was like, I really I kind of like that. Faith will be butting up against reality. It's kind of their Canadian version of hope is not a strategy. And, oh, I love that. Yeah. And you know I always like to see a Canadian newspaper turn against their team, which is very easy to find no matter what the team is actually doing. Um, but other than, other than making Montreal look like a bunch of idiots, I don't really care, I guess, what's going on around the rest of the league. Um, and I should, and I wish I did, but I, I don't. I, it takes a lot just to keep caring about the Red Wings, especially to watch all the way through to the end. Uh, that That's like all the... That's all the attention I have. It takes up all of my hockey energy just to even maybe get to a post-game interview. But even that's hard. So let alone other teams, I can't even get through the interviews. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, everyone. I'm not a good hockey fan. I'm just a Red Wings fan. Wow, sad but true there. No, I do like the concept that it is po- like because uh, I think that might be a really good date to circle for the potential return of Anthony Mantha too. So Mantha coming back and helping us sweep the season series against the Habs, in which could honestly turn out to be like a full quarter of the Red Wings' victories over the entire season <laughs> would be against that. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling like I would actually trade every like lose every other game for the rest of the season just just beat. Montreal to, to sweep the entire season series against them. That would be great. Um, oh, that would be so great if it was Mantha. I hadn't even thought of that, that maybe Mantha might might be ready. I think it might might be early for him, but I also have really have no idea what's going on with him or Athena to see you other than very random 
Jeff Blaschel comments. So yeah, I'm hopeful. like I have no clue what's up with with Athanasio and Mantha is just you know mid body, which is obviously what's going to happen when you get uh, slew foot slammed to the ice by Jake Muzzin. Um, yeah, yeah, but Athanasio, it was like oh he'll be out one to two weeks, and that was like a month ago, <laughs> and I haven't heard anything other than that. I'm like oh. Is he being like brainwashed somewhere, reconditioned, <laughs> yeah. being like, stop, don't pat, don't be like Philpola or have breakaways like Franz Nielsen. You need to do your own thing. Don't watch them. They're bad. And just have him watching tape until he actually can score. Um, that's probably not what's happening. But they also have not said that is not what's happening. No one has proven that wrong. So tell me the truth, beat writers, or I will make up more and more ridiculous ideas of where he is right now. They've got him locked in the chamber with his eyes pried open like in a clockwork orange, just watching the word helm with hands across the screen (laughs) until he slowly goes mad. I mean, looking at the the rest of the league, it's true. It's very hard to, like, really care about most of the rest of the league I, I, for me i mean I, I i get everybody fans differently and some people are actually like finding a lot of things to be very entertained with uh around hockey because it is still a good game uh that's just unfortunately covered by a, such an awful terrible league um but i I did. I was watching Toronto Dallas tonight, and Dallas was wearing their Winter Classic jerseys. And it's so weird that I, I really like their Winter Classic jerseys when they wore them outdoors, but inside I hate them. I don't know why that is. Hmm. Like, if there's a roof over those jerseys, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they lost to Toronto. So screw yeah, I can. I'm thinking about like it would be. It would look pretty weird for like the Red Wings Winter Classic jerseys that I'm remembering, even like the good one to be inside it i don't know it's there's somehow it's like not just the design it's like the whole magic of the experience that's part of the jersey design but yeah i didn't know that they wore them it's i mean i guess it's good get get multiple use out of your design dollars um but that would be weird now that i think about it okay so quick just for a real Tiny look, I'm going to name the top 10 teams in the league for standings right now, and you're going to tell me which one that you want to win the cup and which one that you think is going to win the cup. Okay. So in order, first down to 10th, we got Washington, Boston, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Tampa, the Islanders, Colorado, Columbus, Florida, and Carolina. Okay, well, I heard a lot of teams in there that I hate. So that will that will help narrow, <laughs> that will help narrow it down. Um, you know, the fuck Boston, fuck the Blues, extra fuck Pittsburgh and Tampa um, and Colorado. So <laughs> we've already we've already narrowed it down pretty far. I'm sure See. I have a reason to hate the Islanders. I just can't remember what it is. Um, Columbus is like. I, I usually do remember a reason to hate them once we're playing them, but they just seem like a very neutral team. Like they're just kind of just kind of there. Um, I, the Panthers are the state of Florida does not deserve 
any victories. So not Tampa and not the Panthers. The Hurricanes, I was kind of rooting for them last year, but I guess I'm I'm over it. I'm over it now for some reason. Um, they're having fun and being interesting is not it's not working for me anymore. They need to start being boring. <laughs> but and and I don't I, I I like Washington is my side team in terms of if I have to care about another team only because I live here and I like their minor league team in Hershey. But I also need like DC fans to just cool down, cool down the egos. They've had their, their hockey and their baseball victories and they need another 20 years of misery to just to, just to get back into normal Washington shape. So I guess, and I know that everyone can't lose. Um, I don't know. How about Columbus? Tell me why I hate them. Remind me why I hate Columbus. But I think, I think that'd be kind of fun because like, they're just there. They're just the team that's there. Uh, let's see, Columbus. I don't like Felino, and I I still don't like John Tortorella. Although I'm coming around on him. Um, I don't know if that's enough to. Def- and plus, if Columbus wins, you know how often we are going to get reminded of Zach Wierenski and Dylan Larkin, our best buddies. Oh yeah, um, he'll put he'll put Larkin in the Stanley Cup and carry him around. <laughs> but but Gustav Nyquist is there, and he kills penalties for them. Yeah, I mean Columbus is uh, compared to the rest of the field. Like I I don't mind the Islanders, although I'll remind you that uh, Cal Clutterbuck of the Islanders with that terrible dive uh, got Tyler Bertuzzi that major penalty in which the Red Wings allowed like four goals during that and lost a game that they were leading in. So uh, I'll never forgive the entire Islanders for that. But in terms of like uh, hating the other teams, I wouldn't mind the Islanders. Um, I, I guess, guess it depends still- on who they were playing. Like some of that, there is a lesser of two evils or like if it, especially with the Islanders, it'd be like, who could they play that would just, it would make the team that I hate, like, you know, Toronto. Be like, what would make, what would make them the maddest? And that, that you know, that'll be what we revisit once the playoffs come around. Because I think I will care about the playoffs yeah, much like more it. than I care about what's happening now. Just tell me who's in the playoffs, give me the matchups, and then I can kind of make my hate bracket of what I want to happen based on my personal feelings about every team. Yeah, that's exactly what I'll do. Like, if it comes down to like Islanders versus Columbus, then I'm going to root for. Uh, whichever team I think is going to be able to beat the team I hate more uh, in the next round. Exactly. That is the correct strategy to have. Everyone can have their analysis and their like numbers. Go with your feelings. It always works. It's always, it's always right. <laughs> Just go with your feelings. Let your hatred flow. Let the hate flow through you. Although I will still say I, uh, I was big on the, Carolina bandwagon preseason in terms of thinking that they're going to be really good. And so them continuing to be really good would um, aggrandize me. And there's nothing I like more than that. So I'm still kind of pulling for, for Carolina as well. Uh, Although I do think that out of the teams that we're looking at right now, uh, Washington. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to root against the team that's currently the best in the league, and that is Washington. So, um, 
they're not that much better than Boston, but I really hate Boston. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like the, the out of the top five, there's the Caps, and then there's a lot of hatred. Very, like, very big mood hatred. So that, out of that top five, it really is a an easy choice because the Caps will play someone that we really hate. So that that would make it an easy choice. Yeah, in terms of like, even if the the Caps end up playing against like Carolina or Columbus or the Islanders, which are essentially the three safest choices, I might be rooting for the Caps in the first round over any of those teams, just because I think the Caps will be able to beat teams that uh, that I hate more significantly more. Yeah, that's what the second round in like in the East is all about. It's that next level chess of it's like sure the first round, it's fun to watch, you know. Tampa get kicked out. I could watch that all day. Um, but but making sure that it's like, oh, if Pittsburgh is going to the next round, make sure they lose. And, yep. and it can't be like Pittsburgh against, you know, like a Boston or something. Because <laughs> then it's just like, can they just kill each other? And Or like, there's only two players left. Everyone else is in the penalty box. And they're like disqualified. Um, so... Make make the choices easy for me, because nothing this season has been easy for me as a Red Wings fan. Give me give me that easy hatred choice in the playoffs. That is my long term goal for this season. Amen to that. So, barring any other final hockey related thoughts, I think we can uh, put a bow in this one. What do you What do you got to wrap us up? The idea that if Seattle like gets all the stall brothers, then they could be like, Oh, they stalled out. Um, that's my final thought. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Wing. 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 W